Hey everyone, it's Mike from BGN. Before the show starts, I wanted to quickly tell you about a very special new sponsor that we have at the network, Golden Goal Press. Now, I've intentionally been very selective about who we partner with as a network because I never want to advertise for someone that we don't think would benefit you personally. That's why Roughneck Scarves is and continues to be a great sponsor as they've been able to outfit tons of supporters groups and organizations with amazing scarves. Golden Goal Press is unique because after researching tons of companies, we decided the best way to serve your needs directly is to create a new company that can work directly with you. Golden Gold Press helps you create custom shirts, hats, mugs, flags, literally the list of items can go on and on, and we do it with a unique personal touch that provides you with the best products at a fraction of the cost of other print shops online. So the next time you're looking for one custom item or hundreds, please go check out goldengoldpress.com. As always, we appreciate your support, and now, on with the show. All right, so the trip out to Oklahoma City wasn't as wonderful as we thought last week it would be and unfortunately thanks a very unlucky bounce of the ball instead of orange county coming home with one point they come home with zero points now it's time to look ahead to fresno this coming friday to hopefully turn things around for orange county this is the orange and black soccer cast and my music's not working folks off to a great start we are off to an amazing start, folks. So just imagine some fun music playing there. Um, you know how that all works out. Oh, that's the old music. Never mind. Yeah, let's see if I can make it work. We are there we go. In the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. So one, two, Godoy. He's found a great ball in it. Volts in plenty of time. He smashes it off and doubles the visitors' lead. Thomas and Volson. Segbert sprinting forward on the counterattack. A little handsy there. Crosses it. Pineda, the extra pass. Seaton finishes. It rolls down to his left and burying aside. All taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal! And it's gone in! An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County on the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast and on facebook at orange and black soccer cast how's it going orange county welcome to another episode of the orange and black soccer cast the first and only podcast dedicated to orange county soccer club its fans and supporters i am your host ray samora and i am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club, joining me as he does every single episode, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how's your evening going so far? It's pretty good. And I like that it's changed. It used to be joining me each and every week, and now it's whatever you said tonight. I'm pretty far into it. You can't, you can't even so. remember, and it was just like 10 seconds ago. Yeah, I'm pretty far into the tall boy, so I'm having a pretty great night. Oh, so this is oh, going to be save that mop off the top of my head. So that's pretty nice too. You're supposed to be saving that mop just in case. Oh, no, it's good. I love the top part. So come July, Brad will be hopeful from 1868. He'll be very hopeful that this will get shaved off and then he'll have to shave it off. And yeah. it'll be a grand old time. 
it'll be amazing. Uh, for those of you not in the know, haven't listened to us uh, in the past or ha- don't follow us on social media. There's what are you little, doing? What are you doing, first and foremost? But there's a little friendly wager between our podcast and our good friends up at 1868 Weekly. Uh, Dylan has, uh, I don't know. Raise the bet. Ra- okay, They're there from we go. Nevada, Raise so the they used to yes. gambling terms. So originally it was just the the opening match, whichever team won, the other team's podcast would have to change their podcast logo to the winning team's colors. So uh, luckily, thanks to a great comeback from Orange County, the second half of that match ended in a 2-2 draw. Uh, neither side had to do anything. I'm, I'm sort of sad that they didn't have to change their logo to orange, black, and white. But luckily, we didn't have to make changes on our end. There was also a side bet as part of that, which was Dylan uh, from our podcast and Brad from 1868 Weekly both put their hair on the line. Uh, and we've decided that that bet is going to continue on to the match coming up in, what did you say, uh, Dylan in July. It's in late July. I think it's around the 27th or something like that. I think it's it's the 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 game that fans of Orange County have called. It's that annual summer camp game where it's going to be like 3,000 school-age children filling up Championship Soccer Stadium. And then the few members of the adult fan base that can play hooky from work that will be there uh, for the match. So, um, yeah, that's that's the big big plan and hopefully orange county comes out victorious in that match not just because we want them to win but also we want to see brad uh, have to shave his hair and I, I think we're still trying to figure out if the club will let us actually do it after the match on the pitch i think we were given a sort of okay as long as we bring some sort of tarp to make sure no hair falls on the actual grass uh, but i think that would be a fun way to end the match but i, I it depends because it's it's the day game i don't know if dylan's gonna be able to make it there i don't even know if i'll be able to make but, it there yeah it's summer man I'll be I, there. I forget. How could I still, miss that game? I forget you are still young enough to be able to make it to a summer match there in uh, in July. Yeah, I'm officially unemployed, everyone. So um, hit me up if you are hiring. Yes, for but those you don't know, me. for those you don't know, we don't make we don't make money off of this podcast. Uh, so Dylan, uh, myself, and and our good friend Alan, at least podcast wise, were on the un the 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 no money making portion of podcasting. Uh, some of us do have day jobs, uh, you know, Alan and myself, Dylan just sort of, wow, you're throwing some shade, man. I had a job until yesterday. Anyway, <laughs> Alan, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday evening? Good. Much like you, I've had uh, a couple beers. There was a sour flight at one of our favorite breweries and we partook in some delicious sour beers. Got it. I, I we need to somehow invest in some technology where you'd be able to like transport that to me what right here, a right melon now. Cart? I am doing a melon cart right now. So oh, called it. We are all just—it's that type of of Tuesday evening, I guess, folks. Yeah, it's one of those Tuesdays. And I can get—I can guarantee you at this point because of the fact that we all have a little bit of uh, fun juice in us. It's probably going to be one of those episodes towards the end. We're going to just start talking. Uh, about random stuff. Oh, by the way, before we get into soccer, we do got to say a big shout out to one of our loyal listeners, Andy. I know he's not going to listen until maybe tomorrow or the next day. Mm-hmm. Oh, go for it, Dylan. I know that you Happy freaking birthday, Andy. I was yeah. really mad that you brought Happy birthday, Andy. You <laughs> are I texted this to you last week, but I'll share this text that I sent with everyone because I think it's exceptionally true and I am so thankful 
for having such a friend. But um, I feel like any Toy Story theme song at this point now. Yeah, you really should. You really should. And anyway, it's not the theme song. It's called You've Got a Friend in Me. Okay. I think it's Randy Newman, but uh, Alan can provide. Yep. Call it. Um, He said that he he thanks us for putting up with him, but he is so helpful because he comes all the time and puts them on Reddit, not only for us, but just for the USL subreddit in general. He always posts stuff that we do. He always comments on the stuff that we do. He always makes fun of me. And me. I mean, it's, you know, it's great. He is a wonderful friend to me and probably to you as well, Ray. And Alan, if he meets you, probably you too. He's a very wonderful person. Anyone who's met him has probably got a great opinion on him. So I hope he's enjoying his birthday dinner tonight and hopefully a birthday cider as well. And see, Alan, Dylan already forgot. You got to meet Andy at the the game you were at there covering the the match. Did you say hi? I did. I made a point to say hi to Andy. My bad. Yeah. He's a fantastic human being. Heckling Jesse Daly. (laughs) There was a lot of heckling going on. (laughs) That's true. But he's an all-around great guy and uh, a great fan to have on your team. Uh, A great fan to have, you know, supporting anyone like us that's just trying to help get the word out about this team. So, uh, again, Andy, awesome. Happy birthday. I know you won't be listening to this until after the fact. So, happy belated birthday, I guess, at that point. But many more. Many more. And and hopefully this weekend, Orange County can become uh, or can be victorious uh, in your honor. Uh, let's get into soccer because we've already wasted like, what, 10 minutes of our time just talking about random stuff. Uh, and uh, unfortunately for Orange County this past weekend, they did have a, a game uh, that did not end the way I think all three of us predicted it would last week. We all thought that Orange County would be able to go into Oklahoma City, who had been struggling struggling as of late. Uh, we all thought they'd go in, get three points, come back home, and and get prepared for Fresno. Unfortunately, that didn't quite happen. And unfortunately, thanks to a very lucky bounce for OKC, uh, instead of it ending in a 0-0 draw or maybe just things changing completely because of a 0-0 score, Orange County loses 1-0 to Oklahoma City. And and there's nothing uh, goalkeeper Aaron Cervantes could have done to keep that goal out of the net. Uh, Let's go to you, Dylan, first. Uh, Your quick thoughts on that match. Uh, What uh, what did you like? What did you not like? Um, I didn't particularly like that Liam Trotter was playing as as a center back. I originally thought we were going with three at the back, which I thought was extremely questionable, given that um, Oklahoma City is really good on the break. I think we highlighted that last week and that they score a lot of goals on the break. And I said three at the back seems kind of suicidal. Three, five, two, maybe the, I don't know really what's going to happen. Who's the holding midfielder in that situation? Is it Liam Trotter? And then they line up at the game and we see that it's a four, four, two or a, and it was a little weird. Um, I don't think he's, a good center back, in, in my honest opinion. I think his, his talents are much better in the midfield and much better playing those balls as like a deep line playmaker, I think, um, or maybe even just a holding midfielder. I thought Hugo Ariano probably should have gotten um, that spot. He's young. He's quick. Uh, I think he would have fit pretty well in that situation. Um, he would have been a good complement to Walker, I think, and we got caught a few times with some pretty dangerous breakaways. Other than that, um, 
I mean, Frankie Amaya came on and it was kind of underwhelming. I mean, Orange County was, had a lot of the possession towards the end of that game and it just kind of seemed like he didn't do too much. I Maybe that's going to change in the next couple of weeks before he ships off to wherever the U20 World Cup is this year um, as he gets more familiar with the, the squad. But it's just kind of an underwhelming match where Orange County really should have gotten an equalizer and it didn't quite work out for a couple different reasons, but especially a, uh, a handball from Mike DeFont. <laughs> um, but, you know, whatever. USL referees, it happens. That's, I mean, you just have to say USL referees, and, and that's about it. Yeah, pro ref, and <laughs> everything makes sense. It was just a frustrating game, and I don't know if everyone really played up to their their level that they could. And I don't think it was apathy so much as it was just I guess those games happen where no one is playing up to their um, up to their level, and it's hard, especially when you give up a goal in the fourth minute, and you give up a goal in the fourth minute away to claw that one back. Well, and it doesn't help when you have uh, a Liam Trotter who's probably, I mean, let's be honest, the slowest uh, player on the roster next to a Walker Hume is probably the second slowest on the roster, uh, playing your center backs against a, a decently athletic Oklahoma City front line that that causes trouble when you have that. And like you said, maybe Hugo or uh, Ariana would have been a better option out there to, you always, I always feel like as center back pairings, you should always have one that has a little bit more pace, maybe one that has a little bit more size. Cause then they can help cover for each other's weaknesses with their strengths. You know, if you have a, a tall one and a fast one, the tall one can help out with some of the, the, the high balls, the, the pace here fullback can help out or center back can help out with the quicker, faster, uh, strikers or forwards uh, alan, last year. <laughs> alan what are your thoughts on just general thoughts on this match what did you like what didn't you like uh, i just thought orange county was pretty unlucky for a lot of the game uh that kind of like a fluke bounce that just puts it past uh aaron cervantes and that was pretty much it like or i felt orange county in the second half especially the last 20 minutes like did every, literally everything right except for put the ball in the net. And I think OKC had like 14 guys in the box. It seemed like they were just blocking tons of shots. Uh, one great save from, uh, was it Lorendi for OKC's up for save of the week on just like they just punched one off of the, the woodwork. It just seemed like Orange County did everything they should have done to even just at least draw, if not you know, off of fluke bounds, a win. Uh, it's just kind of one of those unlucky games um, where things just don't work out. I I think you, I think both of you pretty much got things spot on there. Uh, yeah. It, it gets a little frustrating with, with stuff you're watching on this team. They still haven't quite clicked. I thought maybe a, at some point here recently, they had maybe started to turn the corner. Things were clicking. They had won the two matches in a row. Uh, then you have to head out to, uh, like we were talking about last week, one of the longer trips that you have to make uh, this season out to Oklahoma City, just sort of ruined thing. And by the way, just watching that stream, the the that pitch looked weird. Oh, it was um, terrible, and I think it's mentioned. It's worth mentioning that too. You I can see yeah. multiple places where that field is just absolute garbage, and it makes sense. There's like four high schools that use it on top of the energy using it. So that probably sees a ton of action during football season because it is in the Midwest and there's literally nothing else to do there. <laughs> um, and then 
it was just a weird situation where the first free kick, you see the foam go down and then you see the ball get moved like two feet in front of it. I assume it's because there was bad turf there and not just because we're like outright cheating in the USL (laughs) on camera when it's super obvious. And then the same thing with a corner as well. I think a couple minutes after that first goal where the corner and they just push the ball like a foot and a half off the, the line and then take it from there. It's just a weird, it's, it's not as bad as Louisville, like slugger field or wherever they play is absolute garbage. And I remember in the final in 2017, they got called out on air by accident <laughs> for having such a terrible field. Yep. Yep. But it's just one of those situations where it's like, all right, if you're going to play on turf, can you play on a decent turf field, put the money in get a stadium with real grass don't play in baseball stadiums. Don't play on crappy turf. It's not that much to ask, really. And the league should be doing a better job of maybe making sure that a team isn't at a huge because of the quality of the pitch, maybe the size. I mean, that varies um, everywhere, of course. But that a team isn't playing on a baseball field that's going to be super bumpy and guys are going to get hurt for dumb reasons or playing on turf or on turf guys are getting hurt for dumb reasons. Messed up. Yeah, and that's the big thing is you want to avoid any injuries thanks to um, poor field conditions like that, especially when it's something that can be controlled. I, I get it. They share the the field with with other entities, high school or you know probably I think their it's women's team plays there and whatnot. But uh, you know it, it's one of those things. If you're gonna do that as a team, then you need to be willing to invest a little bit more in the the upkeep and the maintenance of a field, even if it's not your particular field. I think the USL should really. Uh, crack down on it and make sure, hey, if you're going to have a shared field, either with a baseball team or with, you know, local amateur sports, then you better as a club be willing to uh, spend the extra money to help maintain that. And I mean, that goes even for like what with Orange County, there was times last season, Dylan, you and I were not very friendly with the the grounds crew and with the the stadium and, and even the club based on some of those field conditions, especially midway through the hot summer when you started just seeing these dirt patches, just, you know, growing and growing all over the the pitch i don't know alan i know uh you got to watch some of those matches i don't know if you remember any of that just poor field conditions at orange county stadium dylan and i weren't fans of that we we let it be known Uh, and i i think that's one thing that this league needs to really maybe get more control of what are your thoughts alan i mean anytime you're playing on bad services and you risk injury you do like it looks bad on the league and you're trying to like establish yourself as a professional league and you want to make sure that your pitchers are good. I mean, MLS can't even figure their stuff out with the New York stadium. That's terrible. Like, <laughs> so it's like, you know, yes, we want pitches to be great, but then on the other hand, it's like how much control do some of these teams really have over the daily operations of those pitches. So you just got to hope that they're doing the best job that they can. Um, I think with the OKC game specifically, I think in a different context, it's one of those tough losses that you just kind of like, all right, you know, things like that happen. But I think when you're in the position of, you know, you've had some pretty gross losses, you've had some, we had to come back to get a couple draws, you know, this, this loss seems worse than it would in a more successful early season. Um, like I said, I thought Orange County did kind of the best with what they had. 
And there's a little bit of disappointments with Darwin Jones, maybe. But, I mean, they literally did everything they could have done to, to at least get a draw on the road against, uh, you know, OKC wasn't playing well, but they're not a bad team. Um, I think they did what they should have done to get a, at least a draw. And we just got to kind of tip your hat to some lucky bounces and some close Fs, and then you just got to pick up your head because Fresno is going to be a uh, – it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's definitely one of those games where it just seems like unlucky. Like the little things that you want to go your way in a game to make that little difference – that where you maybe get a goal or something doesn't go in, obviously did not go Orange County's way. And then you look at this, we're talking about bad pitches. We're going to go play in Fresno where the pitch isn't even level. It's <laughs> it's going to be a weird change. Um, a lot of guys were falling over last year in Fresno. I'm hoping, because it's not the end of the, the AAA season at uh, Truxancy, that hopefully the, the pitch is a little bit better. Um, the grass isn't as bad, especially with the infield. <laughs> is um but the fact of the matter is one of the corners is lower than the other one because the field slopes off in right field it's it's bad um so hopefully no one gets hurt and it's a weird situation so hopefully the people that are named in the match day squad can can cope with the weird field dimensions and the weird field surface as well um i think contour picked up an injury in that game against uh, Oklahoma. Um, yeah, because Arnold had sure to if, come on for him, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not sure if Alston's hurt or not. He just looks a little bit slower and a little bit um Or what's going on with Joel than he was last I mean, year. He's been missing recently. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, Contours had a, had a couple good bits where he's been involved in either goal or setting up a key pass um, or, or creating a chance. But he's also had some errors. I think he's been getting better since the first game he appeared in. But might be one of those situations. I imagine we're going to probably see Joe Amico this week. I'm just segueing into the Fresno match already. <laughs> we're just bad pitches. Is the you're way already to just go. move. You're already ready to move. We're past. flying through. We wasted some time. We got to catch up. Uh, let me quick ask this before we get to Fresno. Uh, you know, is there at this point in the season? Is there anyone that? we're like just waiting or do you guys see if anyone that we're waiting that the fans are waiting for to score a goal. So we could just say, yes, finally uh, my, my pick for that would be Harry Forrester. I think I've been calling for him to score a goal for the last like three or four weeks. I'm just waiting for him to, to open up that net. Cause I feel like once he does, that's going to uh, be some good things for this, for this team. Yeah. I think Forrester is a pretty good mention. And I think um, Jerry von Wolfgang is another good mention as well. Um, I don't know what there seems like there's a disconnect between maybe him and other people on the squad or him and his attacking partners, maybe him and Michael Seaton. Um, I assume the next few weeks we'll see that get resolved, but it is a little frustrating at the moment. Um, I doubt he's pleased with the way that he's played. I doubt Forrester is pleased with the way he's played either. I just hope that those guys get firing. Um, Hopefully on Friday. If we're being honest, uh, I would have hoped at the beginning of the season, but I know it takes time. And um, I guess if we're going to single out anyone, really it'd be those two guys as the last ones to really come into to form and what they're doing. The last of your offensive, like, I mean, those guys are brought I'd say of anyone, up. really. I mean, I mean everyone well, else yeah. seems to kind of have that relationship. And we brought a lot of guys back, so that makes sense. But those two obviously are new pieces surrounded by basically not 
new pieces. I mean, Charlie Adams is new, but he knows Aiden Quinn from Louisville. So they know each other. They know how to play off of each other. Those two are just the last two little pieces that need to fit into that. That's well, and even, I think. even you look at like like uh, Liam Trotter has already looked like he's sort of fit in with this club. He's found his role as that big, tough guy in the middle of the field. Unfortunately, this last game he was thrown sort of in a different position. But even him, I think he's he's at least come in and and shown what he's going to do for this team and and done pretty well with it. Yeah, I I thought there was a moment or two, and there I think we've said this last couple of games that Harry Forster should have scored a goal. Alan, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or if you have a name to throw out there or if you agree with Dylan and myself. Yeah, Forrester is the one that's like he's every game it's like close. And then I also see like his frustrations offensively lead him to be frustrated defensively. Like I think Dylan's pointed out a couple times that he's like you're pushing another yellow, a red card, something. Like he's got to be careful because he plays on the edge. I think that things aren't clicking offensively leads him to be maybe a little bit not on his best game defensively to get some of those cards. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Yeah. Now we'll do the segue. I, I, I know we delayed it a little bit about five minutes there, Dylan, but now let's move on. Let's talk about what's coming up here for orange County. It's going to be a little bit of a, a change because instead of a typical Saturday weekend match, we actually have a Friday match up in Fresno. I, I know there are members of Catalan Coalition. Fresno is one of those those opponents that is a doable drive from our area, uh, like what six hours, seven hours up to to Fresno, I believe. I, I don't know. I've actually never made that drive. It's it's like four hours. Okay, four hours. That's a lot better than I was thinking. Six it's or seven hours. Seven hours is going hours. somewhere worth going to, and then four hours is going to Fresno. Can I can I ask you this, Dylan? Because since you we've confirmed you're heading up there with some of the uh, Caroline coalition. What are you guys going to do to try and combat that, that wonderful aroma that is in that part of the state? The, the cow, the cow smell, smell good. We'll just be the nicest smelling people in Fresno in that entire central Valley. Who are we kidding? Um, probably the nicest smelling people since uh, James Dean died in a, in a car crash like 60 years ago. So, um, you know, that's it. You just got to smell good and drink. So you smell like beer. You know, I was sort of being nice with you just saying they have a cow smell. You're like basically acting like the people there don't smell good, Dylan. That's, that's a little a little harsh there, man. Well, when you work all day with cows, what do you really expect? <laughs> um, so Fresno, what are, what are our thoughts on this match? Fresno's actually done okay this season. They haven't lost yet. That's, that's a good thing, right? And, uh, they're ahead of us in the power rankings. I know we all love to talk about power rankings. Uh, I'll, we'll get I didn't a look at those that week. Was I supposed to? Well, it probably was. We skipped last week. I, oh, I, good, because I didn't do them last week either. <laughs> I think we got frustrated last week. We are going to do it this week. I'm going to force you guys to write down something this week. Um, but uh, what are your? Do you have any worries, Alan, heading into this match for Orange County going up to Fresno? Yes, uh, Fresno has been playing uh, fairly well. I would think they're at least top five in the West for sure. Uh, they're going to be a tough team to beat. I mean, Phoenix couldn't even put a goal past them when they were up a man for an entire half at home. So Fresno has some uh, some defensive qualities that are probably one of the better teams in the West. I think they've given up three goals, four goals maybe all season. So it's going to be hard to score against them, and all they need to do is put one by 
you know, Orange County, and then all of a sudden they're going to hunker down and not let anything up. So it's going to be a tough test. Orange County's got a deep offense that can, you know, score some goals. So if you put one in at least, I think you got a really good chance to at least walk away with a draw. Um, Dylan, do you have any additional thoughts you want to share? Uh, anything that scares you with Fresno? I kind of got to echo that sentiment. Um, I already brought up how bad their pitch is and how annoying that it is. And it, I mean, it's really, really bad. Um, it's a weird situation. Yeah, they're unbeaten. I mean, two wins, three draws. Yeah, they were basically down a man for, I think, 50 minutes against Phoenix. But we've seen this a lot, especially in the USL. Um, at this level, basically, if a team gets a man sent off and they go down to 10 men, they just pack the box. We're going to see one of those situations like we saw against the Energy, or like we saw against Phoenix last year in the Western Conference Final, where they go up. And then they just park the bot. They just park the bus, and the box is full of ten guys. And then a team like Orange County just can't deal with it because it's really hard to shoot on target when there's like twenty people in your way, and it's really hard to get a cross in and win a header when again there's like twenty people in your way. So realistically, Orange County needs to come out on top of their game and score first. I think if they have any good chance at at winning this game. All right, so that's sort of I was that was sort of maybe my next question. What does Orange County need, need to do then in this match to be victorious? So Dylan, you basically just say they need to they need to strike first, basically. Yeah, that or hold it to a a late. I mean, the late goal like we saw last year where Noah Powder scored in I think the eighty fifth or something minute, um, where it's nil nil throughout. But yeah, they need to maybe adapt their playing style for Fresno as opposed to trying to play their game. Uh, and then let's maybe, well, let me ask you, Alan, is there something that you see for, or what do you think Orange County needs to do against Fresno? What What's going to help them become victorious in this match? Um, I, I do think that, I mean, you got to hold them to nothing. They've scored three, seven goals in five games, given up three in five games. So you, I think you just got to be smart uh, with the chances you have which hasn't been exactly Orange County's calling card right this year. Um, like Forrester, if he puts one wide, that's like might be the one or two chances you got to put it um, on target. Uh, but like I said, I think if Orange County gets one, they're walking away with some points. Now let's talk about the, I guess let's, let's try and speculate on what the roster is going to be. So this last man, KC, we saw Aaron Cervantes in goal. Um, uh, Patrick McLean wasn't even in Oklahoma City, from what I could tell. I know people were talking on social media that you know he had he had posted on, I believe, Instagram or something that he was in Orange County, or at least it looked like he was in Orange County. Uh, have any of you heard anything as far as, as McLean and why he missed that match? And are we worried that he's not going to be available for Fresno? Uh, Alan, go ahead. I haven't heard anything, but I think uh, the way that Cervantes played against OKC, I don't know if it's necessarily a worry, maybe long-term worry, but, um, you know, the goal Cervantes gives up really isn't a goal that Cervantes gives up, and he had a couple of good uh, good moments in the game um, that kept it a one-goal game. So I think if McLean's healthy, great. If he's not and Cervantes has to carry the load for a little bit, 
uh, the way he's been playing, I'm fine with that too. Yeah, I think if we look at it, much like Cervantes' debut, um, the goal that got scored against us, you can't do anything if you're tracking this free kick and then it takes a deflection. You can't do anything there um, unless you're way out of position and then get lucky. But I'm not too sure. I'd imagine McLean was injured. There's no other way that he'd be left out of the team. Um, but it's one of those situations, I guess. It just kind of sucks, but it's nice that we've got a guy who's is really, really talented and knows the system and knows his teammates as well so that the rest of the time that he's called on, he comes up pretty big and he's comfortable already in the system. We don't have to worry about any uh, you know, misplayed back passes or... Um, <laughs> God. Soon for that one, maybe, but... You know, he, he's comfortable at the back, at least. Well, the other thing with Cervantes, you could, he has the hunger. He wants to uh, – I think you spoke he to him. wants job. You spoke to him after his, his match uh, uh, recently, and he wants that job. He wants to be a starter. I, I know he totally understands and realizes MLS-experienced goalkeeper in front of him, but you could tell Aaron wants to somehow take this job and make it his and – and earn the the spot, whether it's this season or, or maybe next season, he has that desire. He has that fire to want it, which is that's like, you know, most of the battle there is just having someone that really showing that, that they want to be out there, that they want to compete and that they want to be really good at this sport or any sport in general, really. So uh, what about the rest of the roster? Do you guys uh, foresee any kind of uh, rotation or changes to the roster? I'll, I'll just say this. One of our listeners that actually listens to our, live stream on youtube logan he uh he was asking uh if we thought vinicius should start in the match he basically says that whenever vinicius comes on uh, he feels like vinicius changes the the match or the game uh what are your thoughts on possible roster changes and do you what are your thoughts i guess on that question from logan uh, on whether or not uh, vinicius maybe needs to get an opportunity to start out there right, let's go to you first dylan um Mike's definitely going to start up top. I think he should. I think his style plays better for Fresno's field. Um, yes, Vinicius comes on, makes an impact, chases down those balls, but Fresno's field is weird and short um, and also oddly narrow for one of the baseball fields. Normally they're really wide and, and short. Um, I won't allude to what those are like since this is a family podcast, but um, <laughs> um, I think Mike still starts up top. But I think we'll probably see a rotation in the back. I imagine Contour will probably play. This is a game that Leonardo can manage. Um, I think Ariano should probably get the nod back into the lineup, give Walker a week off. Um, he's played well, but if you're going to have one of the, the bigger guys that's a little less um, quick, it's probably best to, to have Leonardo there just because it's a smaller field and, and he can manage. Um, I haven't watched too much of Fresno, so I don't know. You know, if they're playing a lot of crosses into the box, then absolutely actually put Walker in. Um, I'd imagine you'll probably see Liam Trotter back in the midfield as well. But we'll probably see the the typical um, either 4-3-3 or 4-5-2 or some variation, but four at the back again for sure. And hopefully Patrick McLean back in goal. Not too sure what happened. Club hasn't said anything. I mean, he hasn't mentioned anything on social media or anything, so who knows? But um, you know, just hopefully all of our starters back in one place. What about you, Alan? 
Um, I don't know if maybe you get like a reverse Darwin Jones Vinicius situation where Vinicius gets a start and then Darwin Jones comes on late. Uh, kind of what they've been rolling with Vinicius coming in in like the last, you know, 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes or so. Um, I do think you're probably going to see uh, Frankie Amaya start or at least play at some point in the game again. They get him for a month. So you might as well use them, maybe get some rotation in. Um, yeah, the back line was a little bit awkward. Like I definitely wrote Liam Trotter, like was announced as a midfielder and then he definitely played in the back. Um, I do think you'll get some rotation again in the back, uh, especially depending on if Contour's good to go or not. Um, and maybe some rotation in the midfield with, you know, the kid coming in and maybe the Darwin Jones spot. Yeah, you know, uh, Vinicius is a very interesting player for this team. I, I think his perfect role, at least right now, is as that that energy off the off the bench, uh, something that you could bring in in the second half. That's just going to disrupt the the flow of the match. That's going to put pressure on the team, uh, another team that's tired at this point because they've been playing of you know 50, 60 minutes of a of a soccer match. You bring him in and he just just goes crazy out there, almost like the Tasmanian Devil out there, except for he's from Brazil. So I don't know if there's something comparable to that uh in brazil that type of animal but you know it's it's one of those things i i think he's better off as that role now maybe further down the line if he just keeps proving and keeps performing and and gets some goals and and you know makes his point out there then you may have to eventually give him the start just because you got to reward the kid for for what he's doing but at this point i'm much more satisfied and i'm much more excited to have him as that that super energy burst off the bench, especially uh, when you have potential, you know, in a match like this against Fresno, that might be a, a, a difficult match to get a, a score on or a goal on. Maybe bring them in uh, midway through that second half to just sort of disrupt things and maybe somehow cause a goal out there. Um, yeah, I agree with much what you, with a lot, what you said, Dylan, with the back line, I think, uh, and I think Alan, you too, we need to get Trotter out of the back line. He needs to be more back in the midfield. Um, you know, maybe a couple rotations here. Hopefully, McLean's available. But if not, Cervantes is capable of of handling the the goalie position. It's difficult because you have these all these players that are part of this roster that you're just waiting for them to just sort of start clicking, and, and you really don't want to like disrupt it at this point because we're still early on in the season. But there's going to come a point in the season where you're going to have to look at it and say like, okay, so and so's not performing the way we expected. Maybe it's time to now think of a permanent change in this roster, but I think it's still early enough in the season where you have to sort of wait and just sort of let it come naturally to these players and the players that you're predicting or that you're having as the main core players for this team, somehow finding a way to get it to click. I mean, Ray, how long do you hold on for that? Because we've played seven games so far. I mean, Fresno's played five. They've had some, some bye weeks. I would say 10 is almost a third of the way into the season. So I would say we're almost getting to the point where it's not the middle of the season. The summer is rapidly approaching. So how much more time, and I mean, Alan, you can jump in here too, but how much more time do you give those guys that haven't yet clicked? Well, I mean, let's let's look at it this way, right? So right now, currently in the standings, Orange County is sitting in ninth in the Western Conference. And, and you look at it, I know Fresno has two games in hand, but they're only Down a point 11, back. Right? Oh, sorry, 11th, 11th, sorry. Um, but they're only two points out of the eighth spot, which is Phoenix rising at this point. So there's no need to really panic at this point where you're going to look at it and say, um, 
something needs to be done right now because you're still within striking distance. Now, if we get to 10, 11, 12 matches and we're continually continuing to struggle and that gap is widening, then you need to start looking at some drastic changes to what you're looking at on the roster and, and finding ways to now pick up those points. I get it. You don't want to drop points at any point in the season. And I get it in this Western conference, there's you know going to be a, a desire and a need to try and stay up towards the top of the table. But Again, you have a lot of quality players. You have a lot of players that have proven themselves either on this team, elsewhere in the USL, or even elsewhere, you know, in the world of soccer. It, it's it needs to click. I mean, we look at prime example. Uh, example: Michael Seaton last season. He didn't start really getting on his run until the second half of the season. Um, so, and part of that was the coach continued giving him opportunities. Yeah. He was sort of in that Vinicius role last season where he started off as one of those super subs off the bench, slowly built his way out there and got in there. And it seemed to work for us. Now I know last season we were doing a little bit better at this point, at least, but uh, again, I, I don't think it's quite yet time to worry. It's coming if we continue this way, but it's not quite yet at that point. What are your thoughts, Alan? Yeah. I think the uniqueness of the playoff structure, you know, if you're working on a, you get 38 games and you got to win all of them to win the, the league. I think it's a different mentality, but when you got 18 teams and 10 of them make a chance for postseason play, I think you have a little bit more leeway to play. I think um, Cloutier mentioned, I think earlier in the season, like 10 games, I think it's kind of his, his like benchmark of let's see where we are in 10 games. And I think that's something that I've been kind of keeping an eye on too. It's, 10 games puts you, yeah, you might not win the West, but you're still within striking distance of that top four, you know, opening home playoff game. Um, I think it gives you a little bit more flexibility to play with rosters. And I think, you know, maybe, maybe after that Phoenix run, you know, May 4th, May 11th, I think you're looking, I think you're going to figure out where you are. And I think that's when you start asking questions of, we giving you enough shots uh, where are you at? And if you're not good enough, we're going to go somewhere else. And really quick, Dylan, before we get to you on that, I'm just looking at the Western Conference standings right now as we're speaking. Um, we are only three spots out of the fourth fourth position in the West. There's literally four teams with 10 points, all sitting five through eight. And that's Sacramento, Tulsa, OKC, and Phoenix. So really, if you look at where we are right now, although I think we can all agree it has been a disappointing start to the season, they're still in a really wonderful position. Even if you look at third and second, third and second is 12 and 13 points. First is only 14 points at this point of the season. You're not that far behind at this point. You could easily, if you go on a two, three game stretch where you win all three of those matches, uh, you could easily jump up right now at this point to sixth, fifth, fourth, maybe even third, depending on how things work out. So it's definitely not a point yet to, to worry. I, Dylan, I don't know if you disagree with me or, no, I, I think it's pretty fair. The The best run conference this year has been an absolute bloodbath. Um, just all are just so like competitive with each other. It Yeah, Fresno is the last team to have not lost a game in the West. Amazing. They also <laughs> have only played five games. Um, and they get that, that home field advantage is totally a thing in Fresno because of how weird and how bad their pitch is. Um, they might actually be the last team in the entire, excuse me, Indy 11 is the only other team to have not... Tampa no, Bay. Tampa Bay. 
Tampa Bay. I can't read, which yeah. is bad because that's you know what I do in school. Tampa <laughs> Bay is the only other team not to have lost a game this uh, in the USL entirely. It's crazy in the West. I mean, three wins on the bounce. Results go our way elsewhere. We're top of the league, um, and almost every team could say that. I think so every yeah, it's I'm... crazy. Um, technically, yes, every team could say that right now. Um, even El Paso at six points on the table with their one win, which of course came against us, could three wins on the bounce, results going out of the square, end up at top of the league. Yeah. So it's a it's crazy right now. But I agree. Um, maybe don't panic yet. But a couple of games from now, if guys aren't really contributing. Um, Especially if you're a winger, there's not, you know, it's not one of those Christian Duke situations where you, a lot of the work that you do goes unnoticed. Um, maybe it's time to give someone else a shot. Yeah, because, I mean, really, honestly, when you're looking at this roster, you're expecting goals and assists out of Jerry Von Wolfgang, Darwin Jones, Harry Forrester, Michael Seaton. And I think so far up into the season, the only one that has probably uh, impressed Orange County fans would be Darwin Jones at this point of the season. Yes, Michael Seaton has had his bright spots. Harry Forrester and uh, Jerry Von Wolfgang have been struggling a little bit out there. But uh, again, one of those things, it it maybe that's just what it is. Maybe Michael Seaton, he needs you know, 10, 15 games under him to just start clicking. Maybe we're going to see a, a great second effort from him again. Whatever it is, let's let's say, I guess I agree with you, Alan. Let's maybe wait till after the, the matches against Phoenix and see where we're at at that point. And then if we're still struggling, then... Maybe it's time to to switch things up with who we're expecting to be the 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 key players for this team. What I think we're really missing is a number ten. I mean, Enavoldson last Enavoldson. year, obviously insanely talented, way too good for the USL. The fact that he's not playing in the MLS this semester is weird and honestly wrong. But we really miss that guy that can take the ball, soak up pressure, and and just beat guys with a pass, with a really killer pass that's perfectly weighted or on a run or taking a shot himself. Um, it's one of those weird, we didn't really get someone to fit that role. And it, it's kind of noticeable right now. Um, I think it'll click eventually, but at least for the time being, we really need that number 10 to get the pressure off of Michael Seaton and to get that pressure off of Mike, uh, Darwin Jones to let things open up a bit. I'm back. Yeah, um, I don't disagree. I think, you know, that connecting to those strikers is super important. And, I mean, you sign a buttload of midfielders hoping to find that one person who can fill that role. And maybe that's what um, we're missing is we have a bunch of midfielders, but no one that's really kind of pushing things, uh, things forward. And I have no idea what you said, Dylan, because for whatever reason, I dropped out of the conversation. So I'm just going to. Just run with it, man. You know, I was right. And apparently I said semester. Dylan was right. And he said semester. I'm all on that brain. I got to pick a school in the next couple of days. So I apologize. Literally all I've done today is just school stuff, trying to figure out school stuff. So not going to UCI, Ray. Zot, zot, zot. Not zot, zot, zot. Um. Let's do this. Let's get into our predictions for this match then. 
Uh, who wants to go first? Anyone uh, excited about making a prediction on this match? Let's make Alan go first. I see a 1-1 draw. I think that's, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad result. I think a 1-1 draw will be positive. Um, and for another week in a row, I really hope that Harry Forrester puts one on target and manages to slot one home this game. How about you, Dylan? I kind of hate to agree with Alan here, um, but I think I've said it three or four times now. Fresno is really hard to play away because they've got a terrible field and it's a weird shape and I don't think it suits Orange County's play style. So I think 1-1 is a pretty fair result. Um, I still think Orange County is the much better team than Fresno. But, you know, you're playing away. You don't have that weird home support <laughs> with a furry something, you know. Um, and, uh, again, that field is just so weird. So I don't know if Fresno's changed how they play or not. Um, but I assume it'll be, like, just pounding balls into the box and hoping that a guy can put a head on one. So um, if they still play like that, yeah, we could probably win. But if they've changed, and I imagine they've changed with the results they've had so far, I think a draw is a, is a fair result here. And then you just got to work on the next week, settling on, getting back home, and, and picking up three points. Um, really quick before I jump on my prediction, one of our uh, YouTube listeners actually shared their prediction on this match. Um, it was Logan, and he's predicting for this match that it will be a 2-1 victory for Orange County, and he's predicting that Aiden Quinnett and Vanilla or the two goals for the good guys in that match. Uh, as for me, I believe uh, it will be... <sighs> Man, what do I want to do? Uh, my My heart wants to say a victory for Orange County. My brain is sort of leaning towards a draw. Uh, so I'm going to go with my heart on this. I'm going to say 2-0 Orange County. And I'm going to just – I think I'm going to just keep calling out his name until he actually does score a goal. I'm going to call out and say Harry Forster is scoring one of those goals. Uh, I, I have no idea who's scoring the second goal, but I think I just need to keep going with Harry Forster actually does it. This is just like 1868 Weekly because Brad has been saying that Corey Herzog is <laughs> going to score a goal, and he's been saying it since the beginning of the season. And it's it's what I did last year is I always thought Corey Herzog would score, and he basically never did. So you keep uh, – you die on the hill for us, Ray. You know, I'll keep doing it, and then no when it happens, I will be able to say I called it. I knew it was going to happen, and, <laughs> and, and it'll be awesome. <laughs> yes, it will. I'm glad you agree with me, Dylan. Um Let's see. Is there anything else to discuss on this match, or should we move on to uh, some other fun stuff? Not unless we all want to just keep talking about how bad Fresno is as a city and a um, ownership group and front office <clears throat> and a um, as a field. But <laughs> if we want to let all those things go, then no, I think we might be finished. Let's talk about power rankings then. Oh, let me Google um, another question. <laughs> Dylan hasn't even looked. I don't know if you've looked, Alan. I'll just, a quick little rundown on what I'm seeing on the power rankings. Uh, one of the things that just sort of jumps out to me, because I know we've sort of all discussed this, is our frustration, how the league is just in love with Phoenix Rising. Uh, Phoenix Rising lost to Austin Bold 1-0 and then destroyed Tacoma, sort of like what we did and I think Vegas did and I think everyone's doing recently. 
and yet they still dropped three points in the in the power ranking. So maybe the league is finally realizing uh, that Phoenix isn't that amazing team. They're still what in the top ten. They're still number seven at this point. But maybe they're coming around. Maybe they've read some of our thoughts on it or heard some of our thoughts on it. Uh, that's one of the things I'm looking at there. Uh, Orange County did drop with their loss to OKC. They dropped six points. They're now at number 20 again. Um, yeah, other than that, not too crazy. Portland's having an amazing start to the season. They're now up at four. And the 11's now first after uh, after St. Louis finally fell a couple weeks ago. Tampa Bay fell. But they fell because they had a bye. I don't know how you penalize a team for having a bye, but you do. So that's sort of what I'm seeing on there. I don't know what uh, what thoughts do you have, Dylan. Um, yeah, can we? Everyone in the league just stop saying that beating Tacoma is impressive. I mean, I think their goal difference is already negative seventeen, and they've played seven, eight matches. Like, let me look that up really quickly. But I was gonna say now I want to look that it's up. <laughs> True. Negative nineteen out yeah, of eight matches. They're negative thirteen in three games between the Orange County, Vegas, and Phoenix games. It was they lost four nil, five nil, four nil. Yeah, getting beat up by a bunch of adults when you're like nineteen to twenty one years old isn't impressive. But kudos to Indy Eleven. I think that's a pretty fair. Um, I mean, they won handily against Hope Park, which has really been underwhelming this year. They went handily against um, the Steel, which are like the most average team that I ever think of when I think of the USL. But yeah, I don't, I still don't think that Phoenix deserves to be top 10. It's kind of a mess. I mean, they're the only team in the top 10 with two wins. Yes, their form is, I guess, better because they've now won two games, but it's. John Arley got a lot of heat on Twitter this week from a lot of people about how stupid the power rankings are. So it's not just us. No, it's not just us, but some people, uh, mostly people in the West, gave him a lot of uh, their opinions because of how stupid it is that Phoenix is in the top 10. And it is really stupid. Like, if you're going to have a team from the West in the top 10, Portland, Sacramento, that makes sense. Sacramento's in 10th, so all right, sure, that counts. Like, they got really unlucky. Because, I don't know, like Stepmom uh, Sounders or whatever we want to call them bailed out Tacoma for that match. It's just, it's all bad right now. It totally doesn't make sense. And it's kind of a mess. So, I mean, maybe later on in the season they'll start to make more sense. But I'm not a huge fan. I'm not excited to write about this later this week. (laughs) I, I was so happy until I remembered that this was a thing. Yeah, Where are we, we on this list? We are in... 20th. 20th. I don't know if that's particularly fair. We dropped six points after losing 1-0. And, and truly, they even mentioned that it was unlucky that we lost. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I think that's fair. Do the Bulls deserve to jump up eight points? <laughs> no, they drew literally the worst team in the league. <laughs> Come on. They had farm animals at a game. We're going to get into that, Dylan. Don't. Don't oh, spoil, sorry. Don't spoil uh, they it. play in the boonies. <laughs> Alan, your thoughts. So I was one of those people who gave John Arlia a tough time on Twitter, actually going back and forth with him quite a few times about specifically about Phoenix and particularly about 
them drawing after Fresno and not dropping out. Yeah, the power rankings, the only teams in the West that are in the top 10 are Portland, Phoenix, and Sacramento in that order. I would put Phoenix beneath Sacramento. I'd put them beneath Fresno. I would put them beneath New Mexico. I would probably even put them beneath Reno in the West. Like, I do not think Phoenix right now is playing anywhere close. Their two wins are El Paso and um, Tacoma. So they beat the worst two teams in the West. Great job, guys. I mean... (laughs) That's, that's saying, like, we didn't beat El Paso, but their two wins are El Paso and Tacoma. So, like, how is Phoenix really in comparison well, I, to the West? And let's look at this, right? So, in the Week 6 Power Rankings, Phoenix was ranked fourth. They hadn't lost yet. They had one win, four draws. You look at a Fresno team who one of their draws were against Phoenix. They are sitting this week at 12th with two wins and three draws. I know you have to sort of look at who you've played and whatnot, but I think two wins and three draws is better than one win and four draws in anyone's mind when it comes to uh, how good you are. Again, you have to look at who's been who who the opponents are, but still, it's it's one of those weird things, especially since those two teams drew. So you know they're pretty even at least at this point in the season. So to shout out the guys from Speedway Soccer again. Um, their power rankings in the West are um, Portland, Reno, New Mexico, Fresno, Sacramento, Real, then Phoenix. Uh, then they have RGV, who's actually been playing pretty good. Tulsa, OKC, Austin, San Antonio, Colorado, LA, OC, Las Vegas, El Paso, Tacoma. So that's their power rankings. Where, where are we on that again? <laughs> 15th in the West. So how – uh, okay. Okay. Right. I guess they we can do. complain a bit against anyone's stuff, but and yeah. the wind that came out of those sails real quick there, Ray. <laughs> right. Well, it's, um, they do it based on point per game, strength of schedule, and goal difference. Um, and they always they admit that like the early season, it's it's crazy. Like, teams are bouncing around up and down. Um, well, and I, and- I think I think fans of San Antonio would admit they they're having a horrible start of the season. Yep. Um, so I don't know how they. I mean, what they're two, four, and one. We're even with them in wins. They've yeah, played against some good teams. They have, yeah, that's true. But at least Speedway uses actual statistics rather than like just guessing. I don't know, right. Florida feelings. Which again, <laughs> probably Tampa. just based off of like bath salts or something. I don't really know. And There's again, no way I'm going to get a job in sports now. I've just consulted the league. And I think like <sighs> 10, 10 through 15, like they have a graph with colors and stuff. 10 through 15 are like really close. So it's one of those things where, you know, we talked about before, okay, or Orange County gets a couple wins against a couple of decent teams, and they're going to fly right up the standings. I think specifically talking about Phoenix, it's like you lost to Austin, and then you beat a team that everyone should beat. Like, it's not impressive. All right, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about these power rank- rankings next week after some craziness happens again. But... <laughs> Say that again, right? <laughs> I the first what I, one. What did I say? We'll be excited. We'll be excited to talk about these, or what? We'll talk about next no, week. What are we? What are we talking about? I don't know. What are we talking about? <laughs> okay. What did I? What did I say? Didn't start with an R. Okay, then I guess started with a W. Awesome, awesome. You've been watching oh, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. Uh, let's do this. Let's move on. Um, 
hey, hey, Las Vegas, you may have something to worry about. There might be a team coming to try and take your thunder as being the craziest, wildest, weirdest team in soccer. Dylan sort of mentioned it earlier. Uh, this past week, Austin Bold did a promotion, maybe somewhat controversial promotion, basically saying, bring a farm am- animal to the stadium and you get to go to the game. Uh, how does that rank up there, Dylan, compared to what we've seen out of Vegas? And do you think Austin's maybe attempting to take that that crown away from Vegas as far as being a, a weird team that throws the most random promotions? You know, anytime you get PETA involved in lower division soccer, you've got to start asking questions about what is happening and how weird life is. Um but that really sums up lower division soccer, I think, is that PETA sent a letter saying, hey, we don't think this is good. Like, a soccer field is not a good place for farm animals. Um, and I have to agree, it's a weird place for farm animals. But it's one of those weird things. If you're playing out in the boonies where they do play, then you probably want something to get people who live out in the boonies to go to a game so you get the local 4-h ready and you get all the local farmers to bring farm animals it's just it's weird um but i laughed when i saw it and then i laughed that Peter got involved um and that um sam door i i think that's how you say his last name he works for phoenix and i forget what his job is he used to work for san antonio um was complaining about how you could hear farm animals on the stream the entire game and how bad that was for the league. So it's just welcome to lower division soccer in the U S. <laughs> uh, what about you, Alan? What are your thoughts of bring a farm animal, get a ticket to a game? I mean, it's cheaper than a date, right? Um, I don't know. Is it uh, what's the, what's the going rate for a cow these days? Alan? <laughs> well, I mean, if you have one, you might as well, right? Yeah, but if you have one, you might as well sell it for the money and buy like a suite or whatever they have at that stadium, right? Fair enough. I mean, you got to know your community that you're trying to bring in and you try to connect with them on a where they are and maybe that's where they are. Bring up you know, their friends or farm animals. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I have a noise say, for this. Did you say their friends are probably farm animals? I don't know. It's, it's possible. I don't so, know. I will say this. I've been to Austin. They they love their their motto there, and it's their motto is keep Austin weird. This is very much a weird promotion. Uh, I, I don't know yet if they've been able to – I know it's one thing, and Vegas has done like 30 things, so it's going to take some time to get there. But maybe Austin's going to be that one seared because, uh, city because they do love to be weird. They might dethrone Vegas as that – you know, they'll do anything to get someone on the or fans to the game type promotions. Which... I mean, what hipster doesn't want one of those little tiny pocket goats? I mean, like, that's like totally like a weird pet to have. And now you have a farm animal that you can bring to the soccer game. Oh. Says the guy that dressed like a hipster when he rolled up to our stadium for the first time doing press things. All right. I did. So, Dylan, when, when, once we find out when Alan's birthday is, we're going to have to get a collection from all the Counterline <laughs> Coalition. We will buy him one of those pocket goats. Dude, if hipsters oh, wow. like that, there's no way we can afford that. <laughs> oh. Whoa. That was a second. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, you can't really hear the mooing. Never mind. That's from the Beef and Dairy Network oh, podcast, oh, you... the podcast that I recommended a few months ago. 
You were trying. That was supposed to be a moo. There is a moo in that, and it's just hard to hear. I thought you were just trying to like pull a camera in and and just play a random noise. Let me go get my my toothbrush or <laughs> Netflix's High Women. But to be yeah. fair, I have heard some pretty questionable shouting from people in the stands on some some of the streams. So farm animals versus some random weird drunk guy yelling about like X's and O's on the soccer match and how they should push tempo on some streams. I'd probably just take a nice, you know, relaxing ba over that. So now At I, least I don't make those noises, you know? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, let's just <laughs> let's finish this little piece right here. And I guess sort of go towards the end of our, our podcast here with one question. Um, weirdest promotion so far that you've seen as a USL soccer fan, uh, Dylan, what would you say is the weirdest promotion you've seen? Um, is most desperate, does that count as weirdest? Go for it. Yeah, whatever you want to say. Then dropping $5,000 from a helicopter is the most desperate thing. You're and just jealous weird. that you weren't at the stadium to have a chance at that $5,000. No, I'm going to run around and like horribly try and grab money like a greedy little animal for like a shot at 20 bucks. That's not worth it. You just look like an idiot. And then literally everyone judges you because... You're the one running around like an idiot for $20 at a <laughs> soccer game that is not worth the money. Oh, Alan, what about you? Oh, there's the, there's the, <laughs> there it is. Um, I think Vegas against Tacoma had a foam party. Like, they literally had a foam party. And I, I guess it was like more like kid focused, but still like they had some construction part of their stadium and they just had a random foam party going on. That was pretty weird. And I'll just say to you, Alan, jealous that you didn't get to attend the phone party. Um, Again, that's totally how you get Hep A. Like, that's sketchy. Oh, Come on, man. Uh, Especially in Vegas. I was going to say, yes, in Vegas. Uh, only in Vegas, man. Uh, can we say honorable mention to forcing a kid to race against the Chick-fil-A cow uh, on the <laughs> halftime? Uh, and then I feel bad for whoever was in that cow uniform. Cause you know, that's not the easiest thing to run in and yeah, but uh, I got, I got I to give a prop, uh, a shout out to bring a farm animal to the stadium to get a ticket and hearing those uh, farm animals desperate to get out of that stadium, making all that noise on the, the stream on ESPN. I, I think that's just, that's, that's just taking it a little bit too far. Uh, as far as I could see, so perfect. Any anything else we want to talk about soccer related, USL related before we move on to our random thoughts? You said soccer related, and I know you're like apparently now a Wimbledon fan. So congrats to Wimbledon for drawing tonight, today, earlier who today. Did, who, who did they draw against? They drew against Luton Town. And so, I think now they're like even more away from that relegation zone. Our good friends from AFC Wimbledon who were willing to work their schedule, or at least you know, one of their, their guys were able to work their schedule with Dylan and I to talk with us at like random hours of the day for us, like almost midnight and for them, like, you know, early, early in the morning. So props to, to Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon for that. Yeah. They're now officially, um, they're now officially safe, but they literally rugby tackled a player in the box and got away with it. So 
I'm just saying they didn't deserve to do it. Seen, still be in the relegation zone. Seen worse in the USL, so. <laughs> I was going to say this for my random yeah. thought, but since it's soccer-related, uh, Shane Long from Southampton oh, scored the quickest goal in Premier League history at seven seconds into the Watford-Southampton game. Seven seconds into a soccer match. Fastest goal in Prem history. Someone finally faster than me. <laughs> All right, Dylan. Do you have to put the explicit warning if it's just insinuating at a bunch of inappropriate things or if it's just outright? Well, I'm already planning on putting something about power winkings in our <laughs> title. So uh, maybe we'll get in trouble for it, but who knows? Who cares? It is what it is. Uh, you know, all three of us have been enjoying some drinks tonight. So uh, let's get to random thoughts. Uh, Alan, I'm, I'm sorry to do this to you, but you're going to have to think of another random thought now. So I'll give you a moment to prepare for that while I ask Dylan to share with us his I guess reading recommendation, even though he's admitted earlier in this podcast that something about not reading or writing or something. I don't know. Not being able to read, apparently, when I said that Tampa Bay, I think I said that Indy 11 was the team without a loss, but it was actually yes. Tampa Bay. So he uh, can't read, but he's going to share with something for you to read. So Indeed, I can't read, apparently. I am illiterate. <laughs> This one's a bit of a long one this week. That's what she said. Um, We already, if you're going to name the episode Power Winkings, then it really doesn't matter, Ray. Um, And you said that, so it's on you. But um, I'm going to actually recommend a Shakespeare play. I've been reading a lot of Shakespeare this semester, mostly because my only literature class this semester has been a Shakespeare class. Um, Wanted to torture yourself. You know, it's really not that bad. I mean, there's a lot of jokes. He's got jokes that are similar to mine, but just well written because he's the bard. So um, I'm going to recommend Twelfth Night and The Tempest this week. Read either one. I think Twelfth Night's a little bit more fun. Or if reading's too much of a hassle for you, go watch the movie She's the Man. Um, If you had a kid like 10 years ago, then you've probably seen the movie She's the Man already. But it is Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, and it involves soccer. So it's kind of a win-win situation here. Plus, it's just funny, and if you are a woman and you listen to this podcast, Channing Tatum's in it, so if he's your type, have at it. Um, who, who would have known going into this podcast, Dylan was going to reference the movie that ruined Amanda Bynes' career? Did that ruin her career? I I don't know what she's done since then. I don't know what she has done who since Who she movie. is. I don't know anything about famous people. Um, other than that, I'm officially now unemployed which is sad. Um, so if you want to give Dylan an an a sympathy job, <clears throat> Orange County soccer <clears throat> announcer, <clears throat> um, I've got a nice deep voice and I know what I'm doing. So Sometimes. I just sound so desperate. If you're going to Fresno this weekend, um, please ask someone from the County Line Coalition if you'd like to carpool up there. I'll be there having some fun. Um, maybe I'll buy you a beer. Maybe. And then, uh, of course, happy belated birthday to Koji Hashimoto as well, who celebrated his birthday yesterday. So, uh, since I'm the unofficial, official Orange and Black Soccer Cast birthday master, happy birthday, Koji. We're still waiting for Alan to jump out of that big cake for celebrating birthdays this month, but I, He's I don't He's wearing know clothes for this, right? It's not like a Vegas I, cake. I, I think, yeah, I think it'd be better off if, if there's clothes involved with this, right, Alan? 
Yeah, I don't want to lose my teaching credential. <laughs> <laughs> They're all adults. <laughs> they front. Well, they front Except on Aaron. They front on public nudity, I think, in, in, a, in just a general sense. Uh, Alan, do you have a random thought you'd like to share since we stole your random thought talking about the quickest goal in Premier League history? No, I'm, it's uh, playoff hockey time. So if you're not watching playoff hockey, you are missing out. Um, I know the Ducks aren't in it, but it's that time Ooh, of year. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to talk about the soccers, you know, making the Western Conference playoffs, but it's soccer related. So um, I do enjoy some hockey. Um, I think the Sharks in Vegas are overtime in game seven right now. So uh, there's some good stuff happening on the ice, and I can't wait for the finals to come around so I can see some playoff beards and people beating the snot out of each other. We need to get like some sort of like sound or thing we can play when there's like breaking news or something. So when we know Alan's going to share a, a live score right now, we can play some sort of cool sound effect with it. Who would have known I listening have to this podcast live? If you're, yeah, the moo, go for the moo. <laughs> that noise is brought to you by Austin Bold FC. See, so next time, Alan, when you're going to give some sort of breaking current score news, we got to have some sort of like hint so Dylan can play that moo and then you can talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. For sure. So let's, sure. Let's, let's practice this. Dylan, get ready with that moo. Breaking news. Hold on. I got to switch apps really quick. Oh, I closed the link. I'm so sorry. Hold on. Let me find it again. Just moo. We have a beautiful voice. We heard it at the end of the podcast. No. I don't think anyone actually knows that's well now they know what's me, but um Go for it. Let that's me hear if you. they even listen. Let me hear you moo, Dil- Dylan. Okay, uh give me just a second. Um <clears throat> And at the end of the third period, Vegas and San Jose Sharks are tied four four, going in overtime to decide who moves on. Joe Thornton's going to go headhunting like he did four games ago, and it's going to be great. And then someone else from the Sharks is going to lose teeth again. Guys, you should totally watch playoff hockey. It's totally crazy. You'll watch the guy who hasn't fought in nine years knock a kid out in three punches. You'll watch like four dudes lose teeth scoring goals. It's wild. Watch some playoff hockey during the midweek because you've got nothing better to do. Are the Hartford Whalers still in it? Uh, yes, the Carolina Hurricanes are still in it. I said the Hartford Whalers. And I said the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, random thought for me, uh, even though it's a 3-1 deficit, my Clippers are still alive in the NBA playoffs. Yes, I know hockey's going on, but there's another sport that's doing playoffs right now. It seems to be a little bit more of a popular sport uh, than hockey. Uh, I know it's all, you know, opinions and whatnot but you know look at viewer numbers i i think basketball beats hockey uh clippers are still live still hanging by a thread have a chance to extend their series wednesday night so if you're listening to the podcast on the day we release it it's tonight uh they're playing up in oakland they lose they're done if they win they come back home to la for another chance to win and yes orange county is a former home to the Clippers. So they are the local basketball team for Orange County. They did at one point in their existence, play like a few games a season at the, what was then known as the Arrowhead Pond of Anaheim. So, well, Ray, if there's anything going for you and maybe the five other Clipper fans in the world, 
the Warriors did blow a three-one lead, so there is there is hope. Unless it's three zero, and then you guys are you guys are hosed. There is hope. It's three one, and the last oh, time, yeah, you're fine then. And the last time we played a game in Oakland against the Warriors, we came back from thirty one points down to win the match or the game. Um, so did yeah. Chris Paul play for them then? Mm, he's long gone from the Clippers, buddy. <laughs> uh, uh, let's do this. Let's end this thing. Um, I want to thank all of our listeners that have been listening for quite a while. Oh, before I do that though, do you guys want to? I think we do it every week, but if you want to, you can share your where people can find you on the webs or not and Anderwood 48 on the twitter machines dylan's just staying silent oh is it dylan, my turn now dylan is post, at, at ocsc underscore dylan i thought he was gonna find i thought he was gonna keep going i'm sorry i was also reading his comment in the chat he also does Instagram for us. Go to our Instagram at OCSC underscore soccer cast. And you can also find the podcast, like I mentioned last week, on Reddit, updating daily at OCSC underscore podcast. Um, I never check that one. It literally exists because there is a bot that takes things from our website and posts them onto the Orange County SC subreddit. Um, so whatever. So if you need to... You need to contact me, Twitter, OCSE underscore Dylan, or Reddit, OCSE underscore Dylan. Or, you know, people could just go to our website, OCSC podcast or orangeandblacksoccercast.com and just find the information right then there. Jump on there, read an article, listen to our podcast there, drop us a comment on there. We'll probably one of us will respond to you. Uh, Oh, you know what? I have one more random thought. I know it's late. I know it's late. But. Congratulations to Thomas Ewell Nielsen for scoring the winning goal for Sjöndersky or whatever. I don't remember how to say it. Um, but they're a point off of qualifying, I think, now. So he kept his team alive after a rough couple, uh, I'd say a rough season for them. So uh, go on, Thomas. We're going to have to get to a point now with our podcast or with the website. We're going to be like, do like a where are they now type article or discussion. Um, with some of these players that fans have, you know, enjoyed over the past few years and now are playing in other areas. I know uh, we had an article that Dylan wrote for Thomas Jewel Nelson towards the end of last it's, it's season. It's pronounced Yule. Okay, Yule. I like saying Jewel. Jewel just sounds cooler. Yeah, um, you're one of those hip guys that's jeweling all the time, huh? Sure. I, I really shouldn't that. drink. Yeah, you shouldn't. Um, for all of our listeners that have been listening since the beginning, thank you for coming back each and every episode. We appreciate it every bit of criticism confident uh, uh i can't even think of the words right now uh compliments uh, that you may have for us although those are probably very few uh if you are a listener listening to us for the first time and you want to go back to hear what we've talked about in fu- uh, past podcasts not future podcasts unless you have a delorean the past podcast you can go to our website check out any of those past podcasts um dylan uh thank you as always alan thank you as always this is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out.
thanks to our sponsor, Golden Goal Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.